Welcome to the seventh episode of the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper. It's been a little while since I've been with you, a little over two weeks, and I apologize for that. When I first started this podcast in the initial episode, I said it was going to be a monthly episode, but I got gung ho and uh, made it a weekly podcast. So I built up that expectation probably and uh, now have failed that. So I do apologize. Uh, I've been rather busy as of late doing a big uh, floor stripping and rewaxing job. Um, do this once a, once a year and uh, it's in addition to the regular cleaning that I have. Fun, fun. <laughs> uh, but enough of that prosaic uh, life stuff. Not a, not a whole lot has happened, uh, photographically speaking, um, to me personally at least. Not that I'm not taking photos. Uh, I take photos nearly daily. Um, it's just that uh, you probably got used to new things happening, whether it be red scale film or expired film or found film or 828 film, uh, things like that. Uh, so it's just regular photo- photography for me for right now. Uh, regular cameras, regular film, stuff that I know and stuff that I love. <laughs> um, just got done listening a couple weeks ago to the 300th episode of the Negative Positives podcast, and I do love that podcast, uh, as well as the classic camera revival, analog talk, um, Embrace the Grain, Studio C41, all these podcasts that are so good. Uh, Photography Matters with um, Ted Vera and uh, many, many, many others. So anyways, um, the 300th episode of the Negative Positives podcast was a super good one. Very long. Uh, It was the... the, uh, I can't remember what he, what Mike Gutterman called it, but anyways, the giveaway. Uh, lots and lots of loving going around, so I was happy to be a part of that. Um, I thought I'd talk about, since I don't have a whole lot happening that's new uh, currently, what I'd like to do is talk about uh, some cameras that I have. And I'll only talk about one this week. It's the first film camera that I had. Uh, if you don't count that Vivitar camera that I got uh, a couple of years ago that I talked about that didn't work. Um, that kind of kept the flame open for me for, for film photography, but since it didn't work, we just won't count that. Uh, what I would like to talk about this week is my trusty beast, my Minolta SRT. 101. I got this camera on Facebook Marketplace for $20 and it came with a 135mm Rokor X MD lens. Now, I can't tell you enough how much I love this camera. I love it so much I got a second copy. <laughs> a second copy. Uh, reason being is I dropped the original camera. Um, not really dropping the camera itself. It was in a case. The case was kind of flimsy. 
and I dropped it on a hike. It hit a rock and dented the pentaprism uh, housing. So I got a second copy. But the Minolta SRT 101 is a classic camera, a classic beast of a camera, weighing in at two pounds, a little over two pounds, with a uh, Rokor 50mm f1.4 lens attached to it. And uh, it was made in the 1960s. 1960s, 1970s, classic camera. All metal, uh, all manual construction, manual focus, manual everything. I just love it. It's a single lens reflex camera, an SLR. Now, what does that mean? Well, most of you that, I'm assuming most of you that listen to this podcast are already film photographers and know what SLRs are. But for those of you who might not know what an SLR is, I'll do a little bit of explaining. So there are many kinds of cameras, and one of the most popular kinds of cameras are single lens reflexes, commonly known as SLRs. In the digital world, they're DSLRs for digital. Film cameras are just SLRs. And the way they work, well, first of all, uh, with SLR cameras, you can change the lenses. They're interchangeable lenses, or interchangeable lens cameras. And the way they work, is when you look through the viewfinder, you are looking through the lens. So is there a hole in the back of the camera that you look directly through the the lens? Wouldn't you be seeing through the film? Wouldn't that expose the film? Well, this is where the magic of an SLR uh, happens. As you look through the viewfinder, again, you're seeing through the lens. So if you follow the light as it's hitting the lens back to the viewfinder, this is how it works. The light enters into the lens. As soon as it passes through the back of the lens, it hits a mirror that's set at 45 degrees. Now this mirror is movable, it flaps up and down. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But this mirror at rest is at 45 degrees. And so it sends that light beam that's coming in through the lens up through the viewing uh, screen. It's a translucent, focusing screen so up from the mirror through that focusing screen into a pentaprism a five-sided prism that redirects the light backward through the viewfinder and so it takes a circuitous route the light beam takes a circuitous route through the uh, through the lens to the mirror through the focusing screen, through the pentaprism, and into the viewfinder, and finally, into your eye and your brain. And um, how this works is you look through that viewfinder, you see the little focusing screen, the image of the focusing screen, which I'll talk about that focusing screen in just a minute, but you see the image in the focusing screen and you focus your image, get the settings all correct, And then when you're ready to uh, take the photo, you press the shutter. Well, what happens? Well, as you press the shutter, it flaps up that mirror so that the light coming in, instead of hitting the mirror, it hits the, well, the shutter opens and it passes through the shutter onto the film. And that's how a single lens reflex camera works. If you want a visual, there are plenty of videos and instructional uh, 
photos, images online. But it's a pretty interesting system. I, it's fascinating. Uh, some somebody sometime in the past, or maybe a group of people, thought up this uh, amazing system, and now SLRs are commonplace, and they work so well. So the Minolta SRT 101 is a single lens reflex camera. Now, again, when I when I first got this camera, I was used to you know the Fujifilm X100 it was the camera I, like I said I'd been longing for for years because of the classic look to it the analog dials even though they were dials that <laughs> were driven by wire or by electronics still it had a classic feel to it and it had a, a little bit of a heft to it but then when I got this camera and again, it had a 135 millimeter lens, so a rather uh, a moderately lengthy telephoto lens. The camera was heavy, over two pounds. And as I looked at all the dials and the knobs and the buttons and everything, it was so well put together. All metal construction, every button and dial had a single purpose and use. I loved that. You had the shutter speed dial. You turn it, it only adjusts the shutter speed. You lift up on that shutter speed, you can adjust the ISO. You have your film rewind lever, metal construction. You have your film advance lever, your shutter uh, release button, all metal. The shutter release button is threaded so you can use uh, a cable. You have on the front of the camera, a um, a self timer and instead of it being an electronic self timer it's an actual wind up <laughs> self timer so you pull that self timer down press the shutter button and then it takes the photo after a given amount of seconds you also have a button called the uh, depth of field indicator on the side of the not on the side of the lens, but right beside the lens on the bottom of the camera. And what that does is as you're looking through the viewfinder, you're seeing exactly what the, the lens is seeing, which is the beauty of the SLR camera, as opposed to other kinds of cameras. You are seeing exactly what the camera is seeing as far as the subject that you're going to be photographing. But one thing that you might not see is the depth of field. And what depth of field is, is as you focus on something, if you have a shallow depth of field, then everything else will be out of focus. If you have a long depth of field, then everything will be in, in focus. And long depth of, depths of field come when you're either shooting at infinity or you're shooting a, a large landscape or you're shooting with a super high uh, aperture, a really stop down aperture, f16, f11, something like that. As you stop down or, you know, uh, open up that aperture to the lower settings, 4, 2, 8, 2, or in this case, 1.4 on my f f50 millimeter lens, then what you're doing is you're focusing in on a single subject and everything around it will be out of focus, blurry, they call it bokeh, 
uh, in Japanese, uh, and it's kind of a catch-all term uh, that's become more popular as of late, but it's a shallow depth of field and creates a, a nice artistic touch to your photographs. A lot of portraits that you might have seen, sorry for that noise, the refrigerator just turned on. Um, anyways, a lot of portraits you might have seen will have the face in focus and everything around it a uh, little bit more blurry. And so that's a shallow depth of field. So the way that depth of field indicator works is you cock your shutter, get, getting ready to take your photo, and then if you want to see what the depth of field will be in your actual photograph, you press that button, and it will show you pretty much what your photo is going to be like. Uh, not, you know, not black and white or color or anything like that, but as far as the composition of the photo. And... Uh, uh, it'll be either everything will be really defined or one subject will be defined and everything else will be out of focus. And then you press it once again to actually take the photo. It's a really nice system. Another thing that this SRT 101 has, uh, on the same side of the, the lens body, uh, not the lens itself, but the camera, um, just above the depth of field indicator is a uh, mirror lockup switch. The way that works is, you remember the description of an SLR, the light enters in through the lens, hits that mirror up through the pentaprism and out the viewfinder, and when you take the photo, that mirror flaps up, and then that allows the light to pass through the shutter onto the film. Well, that act of the mirror flapping up and down can create a little bit of shake. In fact, it does create a little bit of shake. It's called camera shake. And um, it, it serves the purpose well, but in certain situations, it can be a hindrance. For instance, if you have a, a long enough exposure, a second, two seconds, bulb mode, or even something down to maybe one fifteenth of a second or one thirtieth of a second, if you have that mirror flapping up and down, it can destabilize your hold on it just enough that you, that you shake the camera just a little bit. And so what this mirror lockup uh, switch does is it flaps up that, manually flaps up that, uh, that mirror so that when you press the shutter, all it's doing is allowing the light to pass through the, the lens through the shutter and onto the onto the film without going through that flapping. The downside is that you won't be able to see through the viewfinder until you flip that switch again. So the way around that is to use a tripod, or what I found for me at least, <laughs> to use a tripod, get it all set, and then focus, get everything all set, your composition, your focus and everything, get it all set, and then flip down that mirror lockup, and that will stabilize the uh, the the image or the the camera, I should say. Um, it's a really really neat system. This camera is old enough that everything is manual. The shutter speed dial, not driven by wires. The aperture dial on the lens, not driven by wires. Uh, 
the film advance and the film rewind not driven by wires and again what I said about the mirror lockup that's a fully mechanical system the the uh, oh what did I call it the uh, timer switch uh, self timer mode or not mode the self timer dial uh, fully mechanical everything on it is fully mechanical the only thing that is non-mechanical is the meter in the viewfinder you have a what's called a match needle uh, system where you have one dial that has a little circle like a donut at the end and as you move your shutter speed dial as you as you uh, adjust your shutter speed dial or your aperture dial or your ISO it will move that indicator up or down accordingly then there's another uh, little dial that's on the same um, has the same uh, basically same radius as the the little needle I was just talking about with the, the donut and that needle the second needle moves according to the light that is coming in so you want to adjust your donut, <laughs> do, uh, I'll call it the donut uh, dial. You want to adjust that so that it matches the straight dial. And when they match up, you know that your composition is good for the most part. Um, so with this uh, light meter, it is run by batteries. The good thing is, is that those batteries are not double A's or not triple A's. Uh, they're not little CR-123 batteries. What they are, are the little tiny tablet batteries. Not, not tablet as in iPad, but tablet as in looks like a pill. The old tablets. <laughs> um, so it's a little little disc. You uh, unscrew the bo uh, in the bottom, there's a little door opening. You unscrew that. Again, that's a metal opening. Take out the little battery and put the new one in. The bad news is that the... Minolta SRT 101s were designed for um, mercury cell batteries and since mercury is toxic dangerous they've been outlawed for many many years the good news good news bad news good news bad news I know <laughs> but the good news is that uh, there have been some modifications uh, lately where people will either recalibrate the the camera itself so that it uh, accepts modern batteries which run at a, a different uh, voltage, or you can buy an adapter that fits the uh, newer batteries and changes the, the voltage coming out of those batteries so that it will be an accurate reading. So anyways, that being said, this camera is all metal, all manual, with the exception of that light meter, and this camera runs without the light meter anyways, so if you don't want to use the light meter, just use the Sunny 16 method. Um, lovely camera a beast totally a beast and the nice thing about this camera is that millions of them were made millions of them so they're not rare they're not uh an ex they are exquisite but they're not uh sold as exquisite items because they're not like a leica they're not like some of these uh, overblown cameras, that it's a common everyman camera. Mike Gutterman talks about Pentax as the everyman camera. Well, I would agree with that. 
I just never got into Pentex. I, I'm a Minolta, a Minolta, Konica Minolta guy. And the Minolta SRT 101 is indeed an everyman camera. It's a workhorse, cheap. The first one I got was $20. The second one I got was a little bit better condition. The first one had some mold in it. And the guy didn't know what to sell it for, so I just gave him a cheap price of 20 But the second one was a little bit more, but not very much at all. And well worth it. Well worth it. It's I would say, I've never held a Leica before, but I would say that this camera, the SRT 101 and probably the other SRT models of the Minolta brand, were built just as with just as high quality as any Leica camera. I'm going to guess. In fact, I know that Leica was in cahoots with Minolta, or Leica borrowed some technology from, Minol- from Minolta later on. Leica being that Uber company, and yet they borrowed from Minolta, the everyman company. So that speaks to what uh, quality Minolta had. Now, there are some quibbles that people have said about uh, Minolta, but I haven't experienced them myself. Now, as with any film camera, care should be taken. You should make sure it's clean. Uh, When you advance the film, don't go crazy. Just do it nice and nice and slow enjoy the process when you go to rewind the the uh the film do it nice and slow enjoy the process and just have fun shooting your camera i can't recommend this this uh camera enough uh the one that i have is paired with a uh minolta rocor x uh is it a rocor x yes and that just indicates it's an american uh, designed for America, I guess. I don't know why. But anyways, Minolta Rocor X MD F1.4 50mm lens. All metal lens, all metal construction, beautiful glass, bright lens. Wonderful, wonderful lens, wonderful camera. Cannot recommend them enough. Well, I got... Uh, a newer Minolta. I just bought it yesterday and it's going to be on its way. And I'll talk about that at a later date, as well as a newer lens uh, to be paired with it. So it's got a, it's in the SRT line, and it, it's largely the same, but there are some some differences. And I'll talk about some of those differences and refer back to the SRT 101 uh, once I get that um, that camera in the mail, as well as that lens. In addition, I have a Konica uh, camera that I'll be talking talking about on another episode, so look forward to that. Uh, anyways, this is enough of the camera talk. Uh, beautiful camera. I've taken some what I consider to be nice photos, uh, photos that I've truly, truly enjoyed of my kids, some flowers, trees, things like that. And again, just cannot speak highly enough of this heavy heavy metal beast (laughs) heavy metal (laughs) anyways uh thanks so much for listening to this seventh and nerdy weird episode and uh, long live film talk to you guys later bye